welcome to Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Hello, sisters. Greetings and welcome. Good day. Hello. How are you both? Doing good. Doing well. Doing good. Doing well. Taylor? I'm, I'm a little disturbed right now. Why are you Why disturbed? Is that? Well, I, I think, I think, I, Sydney, I just learned something about you that makes me question everything about our relationship as oh, sisters. Man. All right. Uh, we'll, we'll lead into this with, with a story for, for everyone to give some background as All to right. why this topic came I don't up. know why this is so bad, but go I ahead. Just, I just can't. I can't move past um, it. Just get, get, and everyone who listens background to our understanding show. of this, Riley. Yeah. Everyone I, who listens to our show is going to agree with Taylor and I. Um, so it's spirit week at my school this week because homecoming is this weekend and tomorrow is character day. The day this episode goes up is character day. And, um, I, I was trying to come up with a costume idea for my boyfriend and I, and we we decided to dress as Lola Bunny, a Bugs Bunny from Space Jam, um, which is a great costume idea. And I told Sydney this and she said, oh, I've never seen Space Jam before, but that's a cute costume. Well, I'm, I mean, like I'm aware of Bugs Bunny and I bet Lola Bunny is a girl one yeah but you've never seen space jam you've never seen space jam i mean like it's a it's a cart it's a basketball cartoon it is not entirely cartoon sydney michael jordan is in it as if you could encapsulate space jam just like oh it's a basketball cartoon there are aliens and like the world is at threat there are beautiful songs michael jordan is in it who sings songs does michael jordan sing a song no, I mean it's not no. like a musical, but like the soundtrack is good. That one song that everybody <laughs> likes is good. <laughs> what song does everybody like that's in Space Jam? The one, Sydney. I, mean, uh, I don't know. What I believe I could buy <laughs> that okay. one. I believe I could touch the Yeah, you're sky. right. That's the song. Wait, 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 wait. Think about it every <laughs> night and day. I, I Believe I Can Fly is the song you were referencing as the one everybody loves. Nobody doesn't love that song. You can't tell me that song doesn't come on in a bar and everyone's like, yeah, yeah. Hasn't its moment passed? It never we? will pass. I No. Riley, you, no. you would agree? Yes. As a team. Sydney, today, it is 2017, that... and for Spirit Week, I am dressing as Lola Bunny from Space Jam. No, it's time has not passed. Will anyone know who you are? Um, yes. The front of my jersey says Toon Squad, and the back of it says Lola. That's pretty straightforward. And I have bunny ears? Well, if it, see, but here's the thing. If you walked up to me wearing that, I wouldn't know who you yeah, are. Yeah, you're the one person on this planet who'd be like, duh, I've never seen Space Jam before. I would be what polite. I would be very it? polite about it. And I wouldn't say, I don't know who you are. I would probably laugh uncomfortably and say, oh, that's cute. Because that's what I usually say when I don't get Halloween costumes. Yeah, that's how I knew you hadn't seen it. When you looked at it and went, oh. And I thought, she hasn't seen Space Jam. And you're like, I haven't seen Space Jam. And it's like, I, well, she's not my sister I, anymore. It's just, I, how much just, educational value does this film have? How much about life would I Sydney? learn? How hey, would Sydney? I grow emotionally? You love the movie Grease 2. How much does Grease that give Grease 2 you? is a wonderful film with amazing music and outstanding performances. Space and Jam is an amazing that, movie with wonderful music and outstanding performances. It has Bill Murray. Yeah. You have Bugs Bunny, Michael Jordan, and Bill Murray, and, and Space. And, and basketball, a, and, and a and a lady bunny who's super good at basketball. Well, you didn't I say just, it had Bill Murray initially. Did, did it, you? We shouldn't have had to. Yeah. Well, does your husband know this? I thought we like this was like a thing. Everybody has to 
see Space Jam to be in this family. I'm just, I don't know you. What? What so else Sydney, have you, you can, seen, Sydney? You can go. <laughs> Taylor and I are going to continue this podcast because we're the only sisters here now. Like, like important tune-based media uh, that you have at Tiny Toons? Can no, I've seen Tiny Toons. Rescue Rangers. Well, of course. I mean, I never like I. I've always been kind of embarrassed because I've never seen Citizen Kane. Is this on that level? I've never seen Citizen Kane. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> See, I think we should all be much more embarrassed about that than we should about the fact that I haven't seen Space Jam. No, I'm super No, I think you're trying not. to avoid the avoid the fact that you haven't seen Space Jam. I feel like in my circles of society, it is far more offensive to have not seen Space Jam than Citizen Kane. <laughs> I well, doctors don't watch movies ever, so <laughs> nobody cares. <laughs> I know that I I say that jokingly, but really, like all my all I talk about with my work friends are medicine. I mean, I don't know that one biology class I took. They made me watch Outbreak twice, so I thought that movies were really essential in in <laughs> medicine. <laughs> no, I, one of my one of my best friends at work uh, will still tell you that her favorite movie is Pretty Woman because it was like the last movie she saw. <laughs> yeah. So sorry, I'll, I'll watch Space Jam. Please do, because our costumes are going to be adorable, and you're not going to get it. Okay. Well, I'm. Uh, you take pictures, so that I can retroactively appreciate. Them. I'm going to show up to your house the morning before school and make you look at our costumes and appreciate them. Which means tonight you have to watch the movie Space Jam. Well, and you have a small child. Like said, so you what movies? You've seen the Troll movie. You've seen mm-hmm. like eighty five like, times the, the, the Smurf movie. Like you, you with all the, the the cool new movies, uh, I've seen Captain Underpants. I wouldn't classify that as a cool new movie. Oh, well, I watched that also in a hotel room, and I wouldn't lo- say it's a lot cool of bathroom new. humor in there. A lot of lot of bathroom. Look at humor. the name well, of it. Yeah. Said. I mean, you 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 kind of knew the package you were you were getting there. No, I don't. I don't particularly enjoy bathroom humor. That's not my thing. And I will say, uh, the Smurf movie left much to be desired, but the Troll movie. Now that's fine. That's a fine film. <laughs> well, you know what? Space Jam is better than the Trolls movie. I, I said it. Mm, I think Charlie would disagree. I would agree with that. No, I, I would agree with that. I was also quite a fan of the Trolls movie, but uh, <laughs> we have finally reached a two-thirds majority. Ma- <laughs> we have finally reached a two-thirds majority in this podcast. <laughs> that's the one thing we can recommend to you. So, uh, everybody, watch the Trolls movie, and I'll watch Space Jam. We've Everybody that. yell at Sydney on the internet for not having Please. seen Space Jam. I'm very sorry. I will watch Space Jam at some point. I'm not going to guarantee you I she will. She says tonight. at some point. You can watch it with your daughter. Don't let her grow up the way you did. <laughs> I don't know if she'll like your old school cartoons. Sydney, it's Looney Tunes. I know she's never seen any it's Looney timeless. Tunes. She's never seen. She Bugs doesn't know Bunny. who Bugs Bunny is. She'd love Lola Bunny. I'm just saying. You know, kids today with their Daniel Tigers and their Luna Petunias. She needs to be exposed. Uh, so, okay. I'm very sorry. I'll watch Space Jam. Thank you. Can we move past the fact that yes, I haven't seen Space Jam? Now that we've spent Jam? eight minutes yelling at you for not watching Space Jam, yes, we can move on. Okay. You've convinced me I w- to watch it, not because I now think it is a quality film, but because I don't want you to yell at me anymore. That <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, works. Also works. Wait, is that how we solve problems? Awesome. I will remember yes. that. 
Just take it as a win and move on. Speaking of moving on. Ah, that was ah. a good transition. So, Riley, you came up with something for us to talk about this week. I did. Yeah. So do you want to do you want to explain? Well, oh, OK. <laughs> um, I was just doing something new here. All right. Um, well, I thought it was your topic. You could kind of let people know. I will say mom helped me out with this one. This was okay. not a, like a Rilo original. original. Um, I kind of modified it. But we were talking about things we could do for our show. And mom said something about letting go. And I was thinking like, well, I don't know if that's different. And then I was thinking about it. And I was like, well, if you let go of friends or um, exes in relationships or if grudges. You let, let go of holding in your secret ice powers that right. have been tormenting you since you were right. a little girl. And if you're Elsa, yeah, you go out yeah. into the wilderness and build an ice and castle. Let it go. Right. Dude, low um, hanging fruit. Said, like that sorry. was a joke we all knew was right there. And I thought we were all going to be professionals and avoid it. You went I was avoiding it. it. I was um, going to, too. But thank I'll you, I'll never Sydney. apologize for frozen humor. <laughs> okay. Um, I guess you could say that was uh, a, a, a coldly received joke. <laughs> wow! <laughs> you are your father's daughter. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, uh, now that, that that's just over. Just oh. chill out with those frozen references, Sid. <laughs> okay, oh, so. Take a chill pill. So letting go. Um, what killed the dinosaurs? Yeah. The Ice Age. That's a Mr. Priest thing. Just go on. Um, but try trying to distract everyone that's listening to our show from the jokes we all just made. Um, <laughs> letting go of people, especially, I, I, if you think about it, has become a lot different because now we have social media and we're all, we've talked about before, we're talking about relationships. You're always connected to everyone all the time. There's no like isolation from anything with social media and texting and technology. And that applies like in a really intense way when you're talking about letting go of people because they're always there and they can always be looking at you or seeing what you're doing and then you get blocked by people and then it's like, become subtweeting and online and and i think it is a different a different animal like when you talk about letting go of relationships whether they be romantic or friendships as a teenager as opposed to when you're an adult because i mean outside of as an adult obviously there are relationships you are forced to maintain out of necessity for your job or whatever mm -hmm. so sometimes being an adult means you don't have the freedom of letting someone go because you're going to see them the next day at work. Mm -hmm. So you should probably just find a way to live with them. But, <laughs> I mean, it's the truth. But definitely. I have blocked you from my life. Yeah, but you also work right next to me. So. <laughs> I mean, but like we, we interact on a daily basis out of necessity. So you're. I need I, you to you sign can't. this. Like, please. <laughs> uh, so, but with friendships, as an adult, I, it's so it's so much easier because if you have like a bad run in with a friend or just something that isn't working out or, uh, you know, a relationship that kind of falls apart. It's so much easier to like go your separate ways and just both silently agree like this didn't work mm -hmm. and move on and not talk because yeah. unless you, again, unless you, I guess, work together or something, I mean, you don't necessarily have to see each other every day. You don't necessarily have to, it's not as big, but uh, when you're a teenager, assuming especially if you either go to the same school or you're in the same activities 
You see them every day still. Yeah. I mean, it's like you have an argument with someone one day and you decide like, you know, I'm not talking to this person anymore. I'm done with this person. I don't want to be their friend anymore. And then you show up to school the next day and they're right there at the same lunch table as you are. Um, and you have to stay connected to them in a way because especially living in such a small place as we do and growing up where you all did where I am, um, you have the same group of friends and group of people that you are with from elementary school on so you're kind of with that same group of people so everyone is kind of a part of the same overall group so if you're mad with one person or you decide you don't want to be associated with one person anymore it either takes you away from the whole group or you just have to deal with it and like continue to associate with this person should we decide is it okay to let people go i mean obviously when we're talking about relationships like romantic relationships if it's not working out of course yeah but friendships is it okay to just I I, I think do, so. Is it I mean I'm not I'm not, I'm not saying it isn't, but is it okay to like as a teenager say, you know what? This isn't working anymore. I think I mean there have definitely been friends I've had that I started out high school with that at this point I don't have anymore or they've done certain things and I've just been like, you know what? This is not the kind of person that I want to be around anymore. Mm-hmm. Or they'll do something to me or they'll say something like not very nice to me and I'm just like, you know what? this is done. I don't really have any desire to be friends with you anymore. Like I'll be polite to you if I see you in the hallway or we have to do something in class together or we have to be at the same gathering of people like a party. Um, But I'm not going to go out of my way to be anything more than an acquaintance. Hmm. I mean, I think it's an interesting question because for me personally, I never had any problem with that. Mm -hmm. If I felt like somebody wasn't healthy for me to be around was not conducive to my happiness I had no problem with moving forward Mm -hmm. but I am not uh going to pretend like I should give advice in that arena (laughs) because I tend to be very much I hold grudges and I never let go and I once you burn me uh that's it forever which is not uh, Riley, I will tell you, is not always conducive to happiness either. So no. yeah, it's like it's don't like... model that behavior. I I am sorry that I am that way. I seek to change it as an adult. I fail most of the time, but You're I like, recognize it at least. Basically, Lily from High Met Your Mother, you <laughs> give that look to people, and they just spontaneously combust. Mm-hmm. And that's it forever. Yeah, that's forever. It. Yeah. Well, um, I I could say from the opposite end of that, I I never had a lot of people in my young life, really in my adult life people that I would call friends um and when one would for whatever reason like anything would go wrong I I admire in both of you at that age the ability to say "Hmm, well this isn't good for me I'm gonna walk away because I think I and I I don't think I'm alone in this reaction when something goes wrong your first response is oh this is me it's me what about me can I change to make this work like Mm, yeah I think it takes a, a lot of awareness of self to be able to sort of make that make that distinction of oh you're bad for me not this is going bad because of me probably probably Mm -hmm. me what can I change (laughs) no I think you're absolutely right and I think it gets even harder uh as you get older it's still a problem but especially when you're young if it's not that either person necessarily is bad for the other one as much as it's just not a good relationship. You know, it's it's not either person's fault necessarily. It's just not a healthy relationship. You, you know, you're just too different or you're too alike or whatever it is. Like to be able to recognize that and move on, 
I think that's very difficult because it's so much easier to be able to blame somebody. Either I screwed up or you screwed up. But to have to get to the point where you're like, nobody's bad. We're just not supposed to be whatever, together, friends, whatever. That's a really mature place to get to. That's hard. Yeah. I I, I think, uh, yeah, like I think that was late in my 20s that I started not like assuming that everything that went wrong in any friendship or relationship was probably me. Like, oh, maybe it was like just the thing didn't work maybe that's that and i'd say that that kind of uh like coming to a realization that sometimes people just don't work together doesn't ever happen i don't want to say ever i'd say rarely ever happens in high school just because when you have like group messages full of people and you're sending screenshots of texts or you're with a bunch of friends and they're telling you what to say it on it tends to blow things out of proportion and make things a lot bigger deal than they are because teenagers love drama like Mm. you know they like they like they like people people fighting and not liking each other and they like picking sides and and things happening to make things more interesting um and i don't think it's easy for teenagers to be able to handle things in a mature and not dramatic fashion so it's usually based out of like one thing that someone said turns into an entire argument turns into two sides of people who now aren't friends anymore which means a lot of friendships are broken and no conversation is ever had about why the friendships are over they just kind of happen well and Mm. i think that too when you talk about things like texting and screenshotting texts and sending them to each other what that also opens it up to is one i think the drama stays around longer it's harder Mm -hmm. for the drama to die Mm -hmm. because other people are not just told about it but they're given like a first-hand view like they get to be spectators of the drama directly Mm -hmm. whereas this may have been a private conversation that took place between me and one other person on the phone or in person before now since everything is texted it's all recorded for posterity Mm -hmm. and either person is free to share that with whoever they want to to make the other person look bad and it also allows for more collateral damage i think Mm -hmm. because if in that disagreement someone else gets thrown into it it it's not private that person's gonna find out Mm -hmm. and you can you can do a lot more harm that way with those conversations i've honestly kept messages around before with people who like i've had disagreements with or who have done not nice things to me and have kind of had uh, an over text argument which I will admit like I hate saying this because it's such a stereotype of uh like the internet generation where you can have conversations over text that you can't have in person like that's really true it's really easy to say something to someone over text that you would not say to their face there are a lot of times where I have stood up for myself or told someone that something they did was not good that I would never have the guts to say to their face but I've kept them around because if someone will go and say that I said this one thing or I made this thing up, they never said that. But it's like, hey, you know what? Yeah, you did. <laughs> like, I have text to prove it. <laughs> See, that that's, I don't know. I, I just feel like arguments you have, when you have arguments face-to-face, all, things can be said that y- you wouldn't want written down and repeated from both parties. The, the fact that you guys have these things that you can save and show like you'll say something in the heat of the moment that given time to process you wouldn't say Mm -hmm. but because that document exists it's like i feel like it just exacerbates the problem like that Mm -hmm. i won't have serious conversations on text messages like it's either like silly emojis and like meet me here at this time or it's 
nothing because for that reason like that just seems like you can cling to something said in the heat of the moment that then just is around forever I, I think you're right I think that's exactly true because it, to say well then you know you should measure your words better and be careful what you say well of course we all should yeah. and we, we that that's true whether you're speaking in person on the phone or in a text that's always true but we're all human too and so we're gonna say things we wish we wouldn't have we're gonna text things that are mean and in retrospect we regret of course we are like nobody is going to go through life and never once do that so it once you put it in a text that can be screenshot screenshotted 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 screen screen anyway once it's once it's saved there and everyone can see it that is you now right you, it like it labels you when it when really it, you're no different than anybody else. We all say things that we don't mean and we shouldn't say. And we're, if you say it person to person, you're allowed to go back later and say, I'm so sorry I said that. Mm -hmm. That was really crappy. And I really, I didn't mean it. And there's no excuse for it. And I'm sorry. But once it's there in a text, you, it's like you can't escape it. Mm -hmm. You have to live with it on you. And I don't think that that's fair. I don't mm -hmm. think that, you know especially as a teenager, you're going to say lots of stuff that yeah. you look back and go, why did I say that? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't Even when I'm not arguing with people, I'm just having like normal conversations with people. When I get bored, I'll go back and read all my old texts and I'm like, why would I ever say anything like that? <laughs> That's and, bad. And you shouldn't have to carry around the weight of that forever. I mean, yeah. I would like some of the stuff that like I wrote personally in my journal and things when I was a teenager, if I had to walk around with like people having that on their phones to pull out anytime they wanted to as like, here's a, here's an example of Sydney, that would be humiliating for me. Wow. Yeah. yeah I, I kept a, a live journal for most of like <laughs> later half of high school and then into college. And at some point I just deleted it all. And I was, talking to a friend about live journal kind of recently and they're like man wouldn't you love to see that stuff i'm like no absolutely not and i hope that's not traceable i hope that's not easy to like pull up from the depths of the internet garbage because i i that was out there in the public <laughs> that's terrible yeah. please don't let that exist nowhere oh and i will tell you that that happens to me sometimes i mean i've only had facebook since i've been in i think i got it when i was in med school so m largely my adult ish life mm -hmm. And I still sometimes will get like those little on this day from six years ago, seven mm -hmm. years ago, whatever. And I'll look at my status and it's not bad. I didn't say anything like mean or, or horrible or something that I'm like, oh, I've got to get this off the Internet. But I feel so stupid when yeah. I read it. Like, why did I say that? Oh, that's awful. Like, oh, I just I just feel like silly about yeah, it. And I, I mean, I'll see lot. that from my adult life. Like, <laughs> was I why did I feel like anybody wanted to know that dude oh I, I think that about everything I said yesterday on like a daily basis I don't want a record like five minutes after something comes out of my mouth I'm like that was the stupidest thing I ever said I don't I don't want to know what else is back there I've started trying to do something to become a better a better uh haver of discussions communicator uh-huh discussioner I think communicator. I want to be better at discussions. I want to be a good discussioner. I want to be a good discussioner. <laughs> um, <laughs> but communicationer. I, well, let's start here. Uh, communicator. Okay, I said communicator. <laughs> I know. So, um, get off my butt. Um, but butts. 
<laughs> but um, I realize that it's not good to have conversations over text that are important. It's so, like if I'll get upset about something with someone or feel like I need to talk to someone about something important that has happened to me, I will like tell them like, hey, can we talk? Or like if something happens and it happens over text or like something is said that upsets me, I just don't respond and I'm like, all right, call me when you get a minute. <laughs> Like, I, if you can't see me face to face right now, that's fine. But having a phone conversation, at least you're talking mm -hmm. to someone and you, there's no re record of it ever existing. I think that I think that's a very wise decision because mm -hmm. you and you won't you'll say things that actually are helpful in resolving the issue on the phone. Whereas sometimes text messaging lends it because there's no rush to respond because you can take your time to formulate your response. Yeah. It lends itself to like composing the perfect like witty retort mm -hmm. as opposed to saying something honest yeah and it leads to overthinking when you say something to someone and they don't respond for 20 minutes it's like oh, oh man oh yeah. god what did i do well and i, I think that this kind of goes into it we've talked about it before but like the the rise of internet bullying it's so much easier to say something really bad in a text mm -hmm. message or in a foreign in that detached where you're not looking at the person you're not saying something horrible to a person and see their you know their gut level reaction to it that distance i think is can be very it's it's kind of a combination of two terrible things you can say things that are way crappier and there's a document of existing <laughs> it's like, exactly it's two two bad things when you're looking at somebody and you're going to call them a big old dumbo you're going to have to see them respond to that so you're not going to do it yeah. Next time I get in an argument with someone, I'm going to call him a big old dumbo. I don't know. A big old dumbo. <laughs> and part of so that's as mean as I get. <laughs> no, but this is this is important too because part of how we like gain emotional intelligence isn't just like our parents telling us or you know watching Daniel Tiger. It's <laughs> part of it is doing things and seeing how it affects other people and realizing on your own, I could have done that better. I wish I wouldn't have said that. Oh, that, you know what? I don't like the way I feel now because of that. Yeah. And I know that sounds very basic, but even as a teenager, even though you're using, you're using your higher brain, mm -hmm. you're not a toddler, you're still learning those things. You're yeah. still figuring out like, that was what I just did. That was too much. That was damaging. I, I, I regret that. I'm going to try to do better next time. I'm not going to do that again. And text messaging prohibits you from learning those lessons. Yeah. You can't gain emotional intelligence from texting. Right. Hmm. So I don't know. It, it stunts your growth in a way if you rely on it too much. I don't mm -hmm. mean all texting. I think right. texting is very practical. But I think if that's the way you try to form or end relationships, it could be very dangerous. Yeah. Um, I think as well as altering the way we respond to events, it also kind of alters the way that we uh, think about our relationships and how long we carry out our relationships. Like almost not even texting necessarily, but social media and the existence of an online presence kind of puts a pressure on you and the sense of always being connected to everyone else. Um, to c c continue on with relationships that aren't necessarily good for you. Like, friendships, because it's a part of your friend group, so it's going to mess everything up, make things awkward, so I'll just keep dealing with this person who's been really crappy to me. Or staying in a relationship with someone who's not necessarily for you, or things aren't working, or is not good for you, because it's your relationship is not just between the two of you, it's between like the two of you and everyone online, and all of your friends, and all of their friends. All right. 
Is that, are there rules for, I mean, I know there aren't rules, but you know what I mean. Unofficial, unofficial mores, unofficial rules where if you do end a friendship, end a relationship out of necessity, or do you block them on Twitter, block them on Facebook, end all online communication, or are you required on the flip side to continue that, Yeah. to continue the charade that, oh, we're fine, even if maybe like it was really bad or one right. person really hurt the other or, you know. I think it's kind of like an, both an individual thing and it depends on the situation. Um, I know for me, like romantic relationships especially, you kind of want to block that person or unfollow that person. Maybe just unfollow them just so you don't have to see what they're posting. Like if they start mm-hmm. posting things with another person. Yeah. Um, but yeah. when it comes to like friendships and stuff, I honestly think it depends on how it ends. Nine times out of ten. I'm going to say like 9.8 times out of 10 in high school. Um, you're not going to end something, a friendship with someone on a like an okay note. Like you're not going to end your friendship and immediately the next day be like, all right, we're fine. We're not mad. This is mm-hmm. fine. It's probably going to be you block each other and you wait several months and people ask you why you all aren't friends anymore. And then like the next school year, you're like, hey, let's be cool with each other. So you unblock each other on Instagram, but like you don't actually talk to each other anymore and you aren't friends anymore. But it kind of shows everyone that, hey, we don't hate each other now because I followed her back on Instagram and we're not blocked anymore. <laughs> You're keeping up appearances. That's right. such a weird social tango. I mean. And we didn't have to do anything quite like that, no. I wouldn't say. Well, I'm, but like, I, I, yeah, I feel like your generation has it so much worse. I mean, I even think like being an adult and like ending a relationship, like. Like in college, it's like, oh, you know, you break up with somebody, you just don't want to run into them. You just avoid the places mm-hmm. they go. You have that sort of respectful understanding of like, okay, I won't go to these parties. You don't come to these parties that are my friends. Like, fine. Right. And you just try to like not see them. It makes it easier. But like now, like being an adult and like, oh, wait, oh, no, that that's your, your Twitter and your Instagram and your Facebook and like all this stuff. But like then there's going to be your friends that are posting things that maybe you're going to be in their stuff. It's it's like a nightmare. I think you're exactly right, because I I will say that while it was easier to kind of separate yourself from somebody back before, you know, all of social media, because you just didn't hang out with them. And as long as the lunch tables were big enough, you didn't even you could still sit in the same place, Mm -hmm. just sit at opposite ends. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it really it didn't have to change everything. But the the idea that when two people are especially like if we talk about friends two friends who no longer become friends i thought you meant friends a tv show for a second but no (laughs) they're like like you know actual friends uh it but if they are no longer friends but they're within the same group that kind of causing sides or even worse than sides everybody takes one side Mm -hmm. and the other person is just completely cut off from the group Mm -hmm. that's always happened i mean that's that's not a new concept i think you always get that kind of it's almost like a pack yeah kind of thing like ah well we've we've cut you out of the pack you're on your own now yeah i even had i wasn't on my own but uh a large group of quote-unquote friends uh, for the past few years and one of them got mad at another one and then it was like well i'm friends with this person and i'm not that close with this person so i'm just gonna hang out with this person and it was like well why aren't you hanging out with all of us and then now this year uh half of that friend group sits together and the other half sits with me where I sit and it wasn't because of me at all it was something totally unrelated but it's just like 
you kind of have to decide Mm -hmm. i can't necessarily i can be friends with people in both of these groups but i can't obviously sit in two places at once at lunch that's such Mm -hmm. a silly thing we talk about sitting somewhere at lunch but it really does define so much of what (laughs) you do in high school no i mean we've we've talked about it before the the, where you sit at lunch or having a place to sit at lunch as as much as like i look back now and i think as an adult i just wish i had time to have lunch most days (laughs) (laughs) i would be thrilled if i could sit alone in my office and eat a sandwich and not not be interrupted by anybody for 10 minutes Mm -hmm. that would be heaven for me and so when I think about being upset because I didn't have people to eat my designated lunchtime with, it feels it feels silly now. But at the time, no, it's it's hugely important. It sounds small, but it's not because most of your school day is like scheduled. Like you have to go places. Right. <laughs> Here's the class you're supposed to be at. This is what you're supposed to be doing now. Lunch is free form. Lunch is up to you. So lunch is where you make your statement as to whether you're an outcast or you have friends and while being an outcast, being your own person, being independent, being a lone wolf, I think now as an adult, I think that's cool. You're an individual. You're your own person. It doesn't feel cool when you're a teenager. Well, I mean, I've been there. It doesn't feel cool when you're hiding in the bathroom eating lunch because you don't want people to see that you don't have anybody to eat with. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just it's a different perspective. And you there's no way as a teenager when you're in it, you're going to be able to say, well, I don't have anybody to sit with today, but that's just because I'm different and I'm proud of it. And I'm going to say no. I mean, very few people are going to be able to see the future enough and feel it enough to feel comfortable with that. Yeah. I admire the ones who can let me say that I admire you if you can because I never was that person yeah do you think that you know we've talked about all these different ways that like instead of just you know you you kind of cut the friend group in half or like somebody gets kind of ousted unfortunately and it hurts at school but then you go home and you could escape it I mean that's what I think like back especially in middle school when things were really rough for me school sucked I hated being there I was miserable because I had nobody. I had nothing. I, it was like survive. I hoped people weren't being on the offense. I hope people weren't coming and like being aggressively hateful to me. Mm-hmm. And then I've counted it as a good day because there were not times where I felt like people were being welcoming or loving, but I had home. And once I got home, I was with my family, uh, we were already by then doing theater so I could go to theater rehearsal and have my theater friends. Mm -hmm. And so I had like all this loving outside of school time that I think is why I got through it. And I didn't have Twitter and I didn't have Facebook and I didn't have any of that. So it made it all okay. I wonder if, if I had had all that, I don't know, would I have been more likely to stay in toxic friendships? Mm -hmm. Do you think people maintain relationships now romantic even relationships that they really don't want to be in because of all of what will happen i mean yeah. their whole life yeah will have you know change i definitely do i mean you even have now people who you don't even know who will say bad things about you and talk badly about you and post mean things about you on their spam accounts or on their twitters and subtweet about you because you did something to their friend even though you didn't really do something to their friend because it's everything is so connected i mean it's like i have people i don't even know who i've never had a conversation with before who don't like me because of something they heard i said and because of something like they saw online and assumed was about them or 
something that I was at a party and they weren't invited or I mean all, all sorts of things and it's just it's even it's other almost, schools yeah. yeah and it's almost easier to just like just stay with people who you've been with and not try to stand up for yourself or say there are problems because once you do you have a whole herd of people coming for you and like blocking you on social media and posting mean things about you and telling everyone about you and sending screenshots of your text to people and trying to embarrass you or make you seem like a bad person i mean that like to me the the word of the day in high school is always like self-preservation and that was fairly simple like like what sydney was saying i mean you know you kind of just like keep your head down during the day that one or two times that someone will, will actively go out of their way to make you feel bad you just ignore it you don't respond right. you don't engage but the amount of effort for just basic self-preservation <laughs> for you guys like ignoring all of that that you know like to not be like drawn into either yeah trying to get people to just stop which seems like what you're saying staying in these relationships just if for nothing else to spare yourself the pain of having to see that stuff like that just seems like it would take so much more effort just to not have like daily judgment coming into your life that's terrible mm -hmm. yeah i i can't i can't imagine that that level of pressure especially not being able to escape it mm -hmm. when i, I mean, left school yeah we've talked about before finding friends who you don't really count as friends but count as acquaintances because it's easier to have some group of people to say is your group of people in high school so you're not completely alone so that you have someone to sit with at lunch so that you have someone to hang out with at football games or go to dances with um i think that applies to social media and how we behave as well because i mean that's even more it's not just while you're at school right. it's while you're at home and it's while you're mm -hmm with your family and it's while you're on trips or you're in like a completely different area so so what you're saying is basically every moment of every day is now the lunchroom for you guys it's yes. it's social currency it's who's liking your pictures it's who's you know tweeting at you it's who's adding you yeah uh, that's that's a nightmare every moment I mean, is being judged yeah. by who accepts you socially <laughs> And there are people, scary to think about, it's happened to me before, talking about you online who you don't even know are talking about you online because you can't see their accounts. So there are conversations being had about you online that you don't even know are happening by people that you don't even know in person. Which which I think I think what's hard about that is because even when, you know, I mean, I, I am sure when I was a teenager, there were people who were having conversations about me that I didn't know about. Mm -hmm. Right. But they were having conversations like in their parents basement while they you know ate doritos and talked about how they thought i was a nerd or whatever and that was it you know i mean like <laughs> i mean like and sydney's such a nerd as we sit in our parents basement eating doritos <laughs> well i mean they're teenagers you know that's what everybody that's did what we do. that's, that's what everybody did in the dude. 90s we hung out in our parents basement and we ate doritos but <laughs> but Drank that's surge. not i mean as much as that might bother you there's no like that's just it you know those and things there's happen. No evidence of it you don't have to look at it and you don't have to hear about it from anybody else necessarily especially not like third party bystanders standards who happen to see it on twitter or whatever or instagram or mm -hmm. i don't know wherever you guys talk and see it and then want to come tell you about it later yeah. you know i I didn't really hang out with a lot of friends this summer. I was doing summer theater and I didn't really do anything outside of with all my theater friends. Um, 
and I hung out with some school friends like towards the end of the summer and they said, I couldn't believe what she posted about you on her spam account. And I said, oh, no. hmm, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> like, what What did she post about me? I don't what? know her. What? I've never had a conversation with her. Um, and she came and saw the theater production I was in. And I, I don't know if we've talked about... Have we talked about spam Instagram accounts on here before? I was about yeah, to ask I you. I, I want to know what happened, but I also want to know what a spam account is. A spam account or a Finsta, a fake Instagram, mm, um, uh-huh. is like a second Instagram account people have where they don't really care as much about what they post. They'll post multiple times a day. You don't have as many followers. You only let people follow you that you know personally, and you can post like personal stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a space to like rant and post pictures you wouldn't post on regular Instagram. Okay. Um, and you keep it private. You don't let people you don't know follow you. Um, I don't have one, so I didn't see it. Um, and I wouldn't have followed her anyways because I don't know her. Right. Uh, and she came and saw the show I was in and took a picture of the stage and posted it and said she was there watching the talentless B word that she effing hates. <laughs> but I was told about that later, and I was just sitting there thinking like this was a month ago, and I had no idea. And there are comments on this picture, like asking who it is and asking what happened and people asking about me and I don't even know them and people talking about me and I don't even know them. And someone sitting out there watching me who I don't even know talking about how much they hate me. And I was like, I didn't really care that much because again, I don't know these people. I was like, okay, whatever. I never have to interact with these people ever again. So I don't really care. But still the fact that it existed and I didn't know it did. Well, I mean, that's terrible. I hate to hear that, Riley. I'm sorry. I hate that. Uh, but as a like as now as a outside of being a teenager as a person on the internet um don't you feel like that's something that i don't know i mean it just kind of like that's like because i i didn't have that obviously as a teenager and as an adult i have adult friends we didn't grow up acting socially that way so it's not like even when my adult friends are angry at me they're not going to we don't know what finstagrams are (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah <laughs> but so my only point of reference is like as a as a person on the internet that's just like par for the course where like somebody decides they don't like you so they decide to talk about it it's like you have time for this like i, I have enough time trying to like like get take care of my stuff H- how do you have time to attack my stuff like yeah well and i think the problem is in high school like you know, even if you're at the point where you know logically, this doesn't matter. This doesn't, none of it, you know, like people have moved on. People, nobody cares about it now. That mattered for all of five minutes. And then everybody got distracted by, you know, I don't know. What, what, what hot young star are you all into now? Cole Sprouse. Okay. Everybody got distracted by Cole Sprouse. <laughs> and that was the end of it. Even though, even if you know that logically, it's still, it's hard to, take that in and not let it affect you emotionally as an adult let alone when you're a teenager and you're trying to figure out who you are and what you're about and what you're going to do and what you want to be and you know you're I I just think that's so much harder to like rationalize and and move on from I mean I don't do it well all the time now Mm -hmm. um no but I think it's really a mantra that took me a long time to figure out in my life and a lot of pain and a lot of like like self-imposed pain specifically uh is is something that saves me a lot of the times these days and you need to remember this it's that generally there are two kinds of people in the world 
and usually statements that start that way are dumb, but just hear me out. Um, <laughs> they're the kind of people that try to like push themselves up to get to where they want to be. And they're the kind of people that want to shove other people down. And unfortunately, there will always be those latter kind of people and their opinions of you, the things they say about you are they they offer you nothing it's you try to be the first kind and try to ignore the second kind and that is really just the the only coping mechanism i can offer you yeah and if you can succeed in doing that half the time you're doing better than most yeah. of us so because that's <laughs> like like the the amount that will come at you and I, I hate this for you but it's just it's the the nature of your generation on social media like i there's no way to there's no way to protect yourself, I feel like, that's not cutting off from society and being a hermit person. So you just have to be so much better at that than we ever had to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To me, social media is like constantly being in front of an audience. Like I know when mm -hmm. we do shows in front of audiences, I think about what I say a lot more just because I can hear responses to them. And on social media, you see responses to what you say. You hear people talking about what you say. You're constantly in front of thousands of people, people you don't know, people who don't know you, people you've never met before and will never meet. And you have to think about everything you say and do and can't just be yourself because you're constantly under someone's watch and someone's constantly judging you. Even if it's something totally benign that you think no one could ever, ever say anything about, someone is constantly judging everything you're doing. But and I think developing that a sense of self and ability to be able to let things go and not care about people you don't know and not care about relationships that aren't good for you and be able to find yourself and let go of the bad is something that's really hard to do as a teenager but also probably more important to do as a teenager than sometimes when you're an adult no you're, you're exactly right like knowing mm -hmm. yourself and knowing like knowing who you are is is so important like uh there was this is there was one comment somewhere on the internet when i first joined the podcast where someone said that they didn't like me because they reminded me of the kid that ran around quoting naruto in high school and <laughs> which is <laughs> great yeah uh and i was massively offended and this is adult taylor massively offended because i thought i had way cooler taste in anime in high school but the fact is <laughs> it, that that me, I that. That is exactly who I was. And so now, you know, as an adult looking back, I'm like, you know what? That is fine. You are correct about me. You have judged me accurately. If you do not like this, that is also fine. That me. And that that's 31 years to be able to say that. If you can say that now, <laughs> like, good on you. You're ahead of the curve. Way ahead. Well, I think that this has been very helpful to you, Riley. <laughs> I do too, Sydney. No, Sydney, I think what we figured out is Riley's way better at dealing with moving on than either of us ever will or have been. Maybe maybe there maybe there's the flip side. Maybe that's the benefit of social media. It makes your life that much harder, but it you are you are sharpened. This is true. It's true. Well, uh thank you sisters for talking with me again this week. Thank you all of our listeners for for listening to our show. Uh, thank you to Maximum Fun, the network that we are so happy to be a part of. Check out MaximumFun.org for a lot of other wonderful podcasts. Um, if you like our show and you want to talk about us, you can tweet about us at StillBuff or tweet at us at StillBuff. 
I guess. You can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org if you have questions, comments, suggestions, show topics, and anything like that. And uh, thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby, You Change Your Mind. This has been Still Buffering, a sister's guide to teens through the ages. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. I am a teenager. And and I was was two. two. The Dead Pilot Society podcast brings you hilarious comedy pilots that were never made, featuring actors like Aubrey Plaza, Andy Richter, Paul F. Tompkins, John Hodgman, Adam Scott, Molly Shannon, Busy Phillips, Tom Lennon, Anna Camp, Laurie Metcalf, Felicia Day, Michael Ian Black, Adam Savage, Paul Shear, Ben Schwartz, Skylar Aston, Mae Whitman, Josh Molina, Ben Feldman, Nicole Byer, Jason Ritter, Sarah Chalk, Steve Agee, Jane Levy, Allison Tolman, Danielle Nicolette, Casey Wilson, Anna Ortiz, Lorraine Newman, June Diane Raphael, Kieran Chipka, Ed Week, Zach Knight, and Carrie Kenny Silver, John Ross Bowie, Jamie Denbo, Janet Varney, and many more. Listen at MaximumFun.org, iTunes, or wherever you download podcasts. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.